I'm kind of worried about it's, sharing this other industry secret, Vijay. I, do you think I should do it? You know, Kieran, I, you, maybe this is it. You're not coming back in the industry anyway, so let it out. Hello and welcome to One Weird Thought with Kieran and Vijay. I'm today's host, Kiran, and we've got Vijay on the other line. What's up? What's going on, Vijay? Well, I'm uh, really excited, uh, Kieran, for uh, today's discussion. I feel like we're going to take it to the next level today with with your topic. Yeah, with Project Funditri. So usually on the on this podcast, we we discuss the Substack article that one of us has written in the past few days. This week, I wrote the podcast. I wrote the Substack article, and it was about the a new role in tech. Uh, as as VJ can attest, we we've kind of been around the block when it comes to tech. VJ himself has been product manager. Uh, as well as engineering manager, right? Like you, you've worked in strategic planning. I've worked as yeah. a technical program manager and a product person. But I think we we both agree that tech is missing a project pundit. Yes, I, I think it might be the missing piece, Karen. Um, and, you know, it's not just a modern thing, right? Like, uh, I think you found some uh, interesting examples from history of us as mankind being terrible at doing projects? Absolutely, Vijay. I, I, if you look at it, mankind has always managed to deliver projects late, but current projects seem to be the only ones where this matters. And I'd argue that back in the day, we used to deliver incredible projects and it was okay to be, you know, a couple decades late. Not the end of the world, but we still made something that was meaningful for humanity. These days, we can slip a project by, you know, 30 days and the entire team is fired and the company burns to the ground. So there's something wrong here, Vijay. And I think we need we need help as humanity to, to build meaningful things. Kieran, I, I would challenge the idea that it didn't matter before. Uh, imagine that, you know, you're, you're your average pharaoh and you're like, listen, I want to prepare for my entrance into the afterlife so what I want is a really nice pyramid. I want, you know, a pyramid with all the trimmings. Yeah. And you sit down with your design team, you express your vision, and you say, when I die, I want to end up in that triangle. If that triangle gets delivered after you're dead, you've kind of missed the boat. Like, I don't think so. I, listen, if I'm the pharaoh, there's no way yeah. I have boots on the ground, right? I'm in my palace somewhere. I yeah. consult my advisors. I say, hey, I want a nice afterlife. The advisors are telling me, hey, we're going to build this beautiful pyramid right. okay, that will be ready for you. Right. Now, I'm not, as the pharaoh, checking on this pyramid once every week, once every two weeks. I'd wager that this pharaoh is not checking more than once a year. And, just, and all you have to do when, when the pharaoh comes around is prop up a few um, strategically placed backdrops, maybe uh -huh. show that some of the slaves are working and and hauling massive rocks to a, uh, an edifice. And all you have to do is, is promise him that, that this pyramid will be ready uh, in the next six months. Six months rolls around, Pharaoh doesn't come show up for another six months after that. And then you just have to show some progress. The Pharaoh's still alive, there's still time. But imagine this, imagine this Pharaoh ends up with a terminal illness, right? Yes. And he's like, you know, it is time for me to go to my... <laughs> 
my forever home, <laughs> right? And um, yeah, yeah. And so you know they 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 take him. Uh, I guess would it have been on a palanquin or a chariot? I'm not sure how the some Egyptians sort of, rolled. Did they actually sort of roll? Thing. Yeah, they they rolled. Um, they rolled their chariots. Yeah. Right. So anyway, so he shows up. Right. He's like, oh, okay, I'm finally ready. And what they find is they've only he's only got like two sides of his pyramid done because they've only shown right. him to him from one angle. Yeah. He's not he's not going to be amused. But you know, Vijay, at that point, he's on his deathbed. His successor is already being coronated. Do you think this? Do you think the successor is like, let me carry on with this pyramid? Oh yeah. That's, or do you think I they're think like pyramids only got finished after the dude's dead? I think you bury the guy. You sarcophagus. You put a sarcophagus yeah. in. You've got yeah. the bones of a good pyramid, but then you still have to like build up like the top and maybe do all the finishing. This is a just-in-time type of delivery, VJ. Um, back in the day. I see. Well, okay. I, I think today it, it's a record for us uh, getting thoroughly off track. I, I think we immediately deep dived in an adjacent it's area to completely adjacent area. Look, the the whole premise of the article though, is modern software projects suffer from numerous ailments today. And I think our fellow software people will understand, but I think it's worth us worth worth it for us to go into like an overview of how software is typically delivered. That way we can kind of go through the errors in thinking today and then uh, point out where a, where a proper principal project pundit can help, you know, can, yes, can really... Yeah heal those wounds that people face today. Um, I, I think you should, uh, you should carefully describe that title, that the principle in the principle project pundit, which, you know, certainly makes sense to you and I, uh, yeah. uh, but maybe not for our, our less techie friends. Yeah. So um, principle is generally the, I would say it's the most senior IC uh, individual contributor band, right? So, when we talk, um, software is a lot like um, if people play role-playing games or they play any type of video game, you, you know, the tech career is a lot like that, where as you build up experience and you deliver things and you complete quests, you basically get, uh, you get points uh, in the form of uh, yearly bonuses and career objectives. And if you accumulate enough points, you get to the next level. Uh, and so generally you start off as like a sync as a one, and then you get to maybe a developer two or a product manager two, and then you move on to senior and then principal. Some companies have something called a staff engineer that is, I believe one below principal. And then after principal, a lot of these companies have partners, um, I think. Or, or distinguished engineers. Or distinguished engineers. Yeah, or fellows. Um, I've seen fellows as well. Technical fellows, yes. Yeah. The, the hallowed halls of, of yeah. the technical but, fellows. But generally speaking, right, you can say you've had a respectable career if you make it to principal. I'd say so. Yeah. Um, I'd also like to say, for the record, that senior as well is respectable, primarily because I ended my career at, C <laughs> at senior. <laughs> you sure you didn't pause it? I paused it. I put it on hold. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, at some point, I mean, isn't everyone pausing their career at some level? At some point, yeah. Yeah, at some point, you got to put that on pause. Not to get too rattled. The the way software the software development process goes, though, is there's generally a planning cycle, right? Where a bunch of 
the engineers and the product people and um, the, the leadership team to come together to solve a problem. And it takes a surprising amount of time just to agree on what the problem is. Yes, it does. It could take up perhaps 190 revs of a of a uh, document to get agreement on that. I need to oh. come back full circle <laughs> and uh, actually end up where you started at the beginning. So, yes. That's a highly uh, specific number. That seems like you've been through a modern planning process quite recently, DJ. Yeah. Oh, I'm not scared at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you take anywhere from 10 to 190 cycles on uh, revisions of, you know, some sort of alignment uh, mechanism or like a document, as VJ, as VJ pointed out. And then you usually come away with a problem statement, um, a desired end result, maybe some customer scenarios to help everyone get in the, the mind of the people that they're going to be solving this problem for. Maybe some marketing uh, addendums that identify how you're going to get enough customers and how much they'll pay you and some sort of, you know, uh, basic financial statements. So you don't think you're going to lose money on this, even though you probably will lose money on it. Um, you, you build up all of this at the first part in the planning process. And then you start designing the solution, right? And Vijay, tell me, like, jump in if you have any uh, parts I'm missing or anything you want to add. No, no, so, so, so far at some point, right? So with, with the design, you know, if it's a... Uh... Uh, if it's an application, right, like with with a user interface, right, you might uh, uh, spin up your you know your user experience design team to draw some beautiful pictures for you. Uh, right. Meanwhile, you're trying to flesh out the requirements with as much detail as you can, and um, then it's a pro you know then it's a matter of working right with this cross functional team to make sure we have clarity on what it is we're trying to do and why, uh, so that they can start to uh, execute. Yeah, and, the developers uh, are making like architectural diagrams and sequence yeah. diagrams all to get on yeah. the same page about like how things are going to get built. And yeah, then you freaking go build a thing. And then usually yeah. you're fairly, um, you're, you could be kind of fucked by the end of that building process, but then there's a, a long period of testing. So you test yes. and then um, the modern software development cycle is much shorter. So, you know, if people, if you, have heard of agile methodologies. All that means is you compress everything into like uh, smaller cycles. Um, and then certain cycles are focused on testing. Some of them are focused on development. Some of them are focused on planning. But a lot of them, you try to do all three of them at once just to, to you know, to add fun to the mix. And so uh, there's a fair amount of confusion even today. But at the end of it, you get some sort of working software and you let people try it out. And what I haven't said, what I, what I should have added at some point is that at one point there's a middle manager or someone, you know, who's trying to make this project work. Uh, and they've told someone in the leadership team that is responsible for funding uh, or, you know, providing budget for this project that the project will be due in three, three months and will solve all the customer's problems. At some point, this middle manager is completely screwed because they're looking at what needs to be delivered and then they're looking at where the team is currently and they know that there's no hope in hell that you know the project's going to get done in time right and that is when uh colloquially we refer to the team has a come to jesus moment and so <laughs> they come together they write some sort of mea culpa they 
They say, I'm sorry. And then they ask for more time. And so this, this happens, this quiet negotiation happens both behind the scenes and then in front of people where people get yelled at. There may be Do they get said, enough time, Kieran, in, in your experience? Never. You, you never no. get enough time. No. And then what happens next? Yeah. So you, you basically kick the can down the road a little bit, a little bit longer. No one gets fired. Things are okay. Then you do another planning process for that extension of time. Things look good for the first few weeks. But once again, you end up in a similar state where <laughs> the quality of the product or you don't have enough functionality, the, the customers who are using it hate it. So you need to go back and do some more design work. Um, well, then you ask for more time or you ask for more people. Usually there are no more people. So uh, once again, you end up in, the, in round one where the middle manager has to go back to the leadership team hat in hand and then ask for more resourcing. So this goes on for a, a, you know, a few cycles. And by the end of it, you know, everyone's thoroughly depressed. Um, the developers have been developing for far too long. The testers have found so many bugs that have been punted. The product manager is pulling their hair out because you know, they, nothing that they uh, thought of, all, just the bare bones have been implemented. The customers hate the product and the leadership team um, doesn't really care at this point because they might have uh, they have, you know, parties to attend to. They need to uh, prepare for like a Q3 sort of uh, push. So they need like they need something for the demos. So they're going to they're going to put something on stage. So, so the bottom line is yeah. it doesn't work. It never works. Nothing ever happens on time. Nothing and ever happens on time. Yeah, you, you didn't. Talk about the notion of an MVP either. We should let that secret out. Yeah. I would, I would illuminate our, our audience, Vijay. What, what happens with this MVP? So, uh, folks, I've got bad news for you. Right? If you don't work <laughs> in tech, this is, this is going to come as a shock. And it, perhaps it'll explain a few things. Um, imagine, you know, you're sitting down watching TV one day and... You see this incredibly attractive uh, set of folks advertising this incredible product that's going to solve all of your problems. And you think to yourself, you know what? I'm going to buy that product because it's going to solve all these problems and it's going to make me more attractive. I'm going to be just like those people on TV. And when you get this product home, it comes in a really beautiful box. You open the box. You have an unboxing experience. You actually enjoy the process of opening the box. And then you start to use the product. And very quickly, you realize that it's actually a piece of shit. And the reason why it's a piece of shit is because what they've done is they've delivered what we in the industry call a minimal viable product, which we, very clear, which we quickly learned was not the right term because it wasn't even barely viable. And instead of actually trying to make the products better subsequently, we decided to come up with a new acronym called Minimal Lovable Product. But it was actually yeah. the same thing. You would take a set of features, you say, this is the bare minimum set of features I can ship to make this thing functional. Then you would, you would share this offering with your leadership team and they would then start crossing features off until what you yeah. had left was completely useless. It's like uh, I, buying a, a three-legged donkey. I'm kind of worried about it's, sharing this other industry secret, Vijay. I, do you think I should do it? 
you know, Kieran, I, you, maybe this is it. You're not coming back in the industry anyway. So let it yeah, out. <laughs> this, this is kind of, um, I might have to put my career on indefinite hold after this one, but sometimes, sometimes the MVP is simply an updater. So the product doesn't really do anything. All it can do is connect to the internet and hopefully download an update. And those are some of the most infuriating products I've ever used. And unfortunately, they've become fairly common. I think yeah. pretty much every electronic product that you buy now comes with a zero-day update. Yeah. And if you're lucky, the team has figured out between the time that the products have been manufactured to the time that the, the product has come to your doorstep, they have figured out how to deliver a valuable feature set. Now, the, the, the good news here is this is the way it's been historically. Yes. But today, Kieran has good news. He's going to tell us how we're going to solve this problem for mankind. For mankind. No pressure, Kieran. Yeah, uh, no pressure indeed. I, uh, I genuinely feel that we need to make sure that the things we're building have some sort of cosmic significance, Vijay. I think that's what's missing. People are able to put too much shit in this world because they don't think there are any repercussions, uh, cosmic or otherwise. And so what I'm proposing is we have a new tech role uh, pulling from some of the, the older hats in the industry. You know, they've been through it. They've built a bunch of shit in their career. They're fed up. They're tired of building this crap. They want to build things that are meaningful. And they want to help teams build things that are meaningful. Unfortunately, and I would love your take on this because it's, it's, I think the whole argument hinges on this. Unfortunately, once you're an old hat in the tech industry, it becomes tougher and tougher to actually get in there and build it. You know what I mean? Like, you're too jaded. I, I find myself at the tender age of 32, already being too jaded to go in and actually go and like code build, manufacture something, right? And just get my hands dirty. Mm -hmm. I would far, I find far more enjoyment in poking holes, in discussing how things can go wrong, in uh, predicting doomsday plots for certain devices. And I think we should leverage those strengths in the industry. And so I think for people like me, and I, I hope for you too, uh, I don't know if you're there yet, but maybe maybe this would be an interesting career path for you, Vijay, uh, if, if you choose. I think the Project Pundit could solve a lot of these problems. And by consulting the relevant astrological tools, I think, and this is where there's a tiny leap, they are able to tap into their instincts, right? And I think instincts are far more valuable than today's tech industry will, will tell you. Today, people are so data-driven that they forget how to build something with a soul. You know what I mean? And so to inject that soul back into the product, you need people like the pundit. So I'll, I'll take questions. Yes. So, so, this, so this, this project pundit, which, which you genuinely feel about, I want, you, I want you, you to go back and listen to what you said. You have a genuine yeah. belief in this, right? hundred percent. I will stake my, my name on this, the solution to all of our problems. Is this, this person will do like a, 
a cosmic assessment uh, of the project yeah. and adjust it accordingly, right? Maybe there's schedule adjustments to align it with the stars so that it releases on a more in a more auspicious time frame. Correct. Um, right. Perhaps they're uh, naming there. There's copy edits because you know oh, a certain naming. app name might be too long yeah. or too short. They might yes. have too many instances of the letter R, and so you need yeah. to like yeah. add an X, remove a Y, think, that type of thing. Do you think like all of the projects would begin with would have like two A's in them? Yeah, because that's I, that's pretty important. I um, think the double A beginning is highly auspicious. Yeah. And yeah. it helps for SEO purposes and ranking in the app store. That's a nice, see, nice byproduct. I mean, that, I, mean it, I actually think that's proof <laughs> right? uh, that, that this path is valid. So, um, so tell me where and how the Project Pundit fits into the development cycle. How do they, and what kind of output do they have? Yeah, yeah. I think that's important to, to quantify. So um, I actually think that they can fit into multiple points of the software development lifecycle that we just talked about, right? I think they're an excellent check-in mechanism. So usually when going from, if you're working on a huge project, and I'm talking like three to 10 teams, maybe 100 people, like these projects have what you call entry and exit gates for each of the major, major stages. And it's it's a ordeal, as as you've seen, Vijay, to get from one stage to another and then convince a hundred colleagues that hey, we're actually ready to go to this next stage. This is an extremely important time for the project funder to to get in there, perform the the relevant sacrifices, the 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 do the relevant shastras, as you would say, yeah. and get everyone on the same page and feeling really good about what they've accomplished as well as what needs to happen next. Now, so, let uh, me just uh, brief yeah, please, aside, brief yeah. aside. When I started this article, you know, we, we, we have fun on this, on the show on One Weird Thought. So I thought this was all fun in games, Vijay. I thought we were having fun with it. I was making a few lighthearted jokes. I, I've always enjoyed uh, uh, poking fun at, at pujas and rituals. But you know what? The more I wrote about this, Vijay, the more I actually am actually drinking my own Kool-Aid. I believe in wow. this now, man. Wow. I believe in this. So, so um, at some point, right, during the, during the kickoff of this project? Yeah. Like, do you think that Highly like, important a, during kickoff. Highly yeah. important. Like, because you want to get things started on the right foot, right? And so yeah. do you see, like, kind of going into a conference room, and, and I mean, they're not really well structured for, for a good puja, but maybe everybody sits on the conference table and they've got a nice uh, fire going. Somehow they figured out what to do with the fire detectors. Maybe right? do they, like they, a nice virtual reality fireplace, fire situation. Maybe you, I just you worry though that they, the smoke matters, right? Like you got to have smoke, right? If we do it right, mm-hmm. and there's going to be... Right, you, you know, you're kind of throwing the the stuff, uh, the smuggery, like onto the onto the fire, and there's incantations going on, right? And then maybe like the TPM, and you have the triad, you have the TPM, 
and you have the dev and the product manager all sitting next to each other in front of the fire. I love this. And then the project pundit is actually leading them through the ritual. Yeah. And they're, they're repeating the incantations that the project pundit tells them to say. They have no idea what they're saying. It, it's something in Sanskrit. And sure. he could yeah. be making up for all they know. As they, as they should, they should not know what he's saying, but what they need to have is the, the requisite gravitas, the, um, they need to believe in this. So the project pundit yeah. has to be really solid for them to understand that what, what they're doing here is, is sacred. And I, I yes. think that that sacred vibe is crucial to the whole thing, VJ. If, if that goes, <laughs> then the project pundit has done nothing. Uh, but they need to build, bring um, that that gravitas to the entire project. So that's why I think they should do it in like a park. They need to go outside, and uh, they need to see that smoke just go into like go into the stratosphere. Um, I think so that's that's the the best way of kicking this off. It, it'd be interesting to kind of know what the Sanskrit for like backward compatibility is and things like that, right? You can imagine them like saying some Sanskrit stuff, and then all of a sudden like backward compatibility. Right. He kind of goes down the feature list, right? You know, <laughs> and that's uh, what I'm saying. I think yeah. the pundit should actually go through the feature list. He, he yeah. should have opinions on things. Um, but then the, they can also like remove things off the feature list, potentially. Oh, oh, because these are bad, right? These, these, these things are incompatible spiritually. Spiritually, exactly. Oh. And when, when the product critical. manager wants to cut a feature or when the development yeah. team is not able to deliver on a feature, you know where that goes, Vijay? That goes straight back to the project pundit. He's going to have to do some sort of ritual uh, to, to make it work. Well, I, I would assume the first he's going to do a kind of a spiritual root cause analysis, right? To see what's yeah. going on here, right? And they could absolutely do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then COE, maybe so correction yeah. of errors mechanisms yeah. take a whole new vibe when you bring in the project pundit. Yes, yeah, and then maybe some rings are handed out, like people have to wear certain rings to kind of get through this whole thing. Yeah. Um, I, I see where you're going with this, um, and I, I think one of the things that I thought you were heading towards was if everybody's profoundly brought in to. The fact, the meaning of this project is far more than, you know, driving up the number of monthly active users on the product from X to Y. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. If it's much more than that, right? If what you're doing is of spiritual significance, right? Then, then maybe you feel a bit more pressure to get this done. Everybody's you're like, on board. I yeah. feel that date yeah. is no longer a date just because someone said so. This pundit has had a connection to the unseen world, Vijay. And so that date that they come out with is highly important. We don't know. We actually don't know what will happen if we blow that date. Now, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, the there's, always a, there's always a ritual that you can do to, you know, appease the powers that be, but, you know, we actually don't know what happens if we blow that date. I, I actually I, want to point out one more thing yeah. about the pre-planning phase for the Project Pandit. And I think this is highly important for any good project team. I think they'll need to collect the horoscopes as well as prior work history and feedback from all the team members. Yes. And then just do a, a quick, quick assessment of compa team compatibility. Ah. Um, 
we actually don't do any of that in traditional software, right? Like we basically say, okay, these people all work for these other people and like, let's put them all together and hope for the best. Um, yes. I actually so, think that is a useful function for this pundit. So, so I, I think, Kieran, I, I wonder about the, the model in that, should this person be a member of the team or is this like an outside consulting, like a Bain, right, mm. or KPMG, right? And what happens is like these pundits, they, they imagine like you've got the Sadhguru of software development. Yeah. Right? yeah. Sadhguru is this uh, Hindu spiritual leader. Maybe, maybe a tad questionable, right? But... Um, um, but, you know, imagine you've got these rock star guys who just have this track record and you bring in your Sadhguru to do this assessment and to keep an eye on the project all the way through. Yeah. And the fact you paid this person so much money, uh, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Whereas if you blow this, despite the fact that you've had his blessing on the project and his input, this could ruin your career if you blow this. Yeah. And not just this life, all future oh. life. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's a tough one, DJ. I, I guess your LinkedIn profile would change a little bit based on this too. Oh, absolutely. Like you'd have to and kind of think through the astrological aspects of your LinkedIn profile, which I think has, has been missing as well. There's, there's a bunch of missing pieces in today's LinkedIn, and I, I would agree that as, astrology, astrological signs are, are definitely one of them. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, there's, there are some parts of this where I'm like, maybe we should do this. And so let me ask you something. Like, are you seeing the value here? What, 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 what's your take? Here's where I see things going, Kira. Um what I see happening is in today's political climate, imagine um, imagine that this starts to take off in India yeah. and there's some weak correlation, you know, 0.92% with a 3% error rate, right, of uh, projects that have gone through this process are more successful. Yeah. Right? Modi gets a hold of this and he says, see, this is the power of Hinduism. Now, if you're Pakistan next door, you're looking at this going, we can't let this be. Right? And they, they kind of go to a consultation with the imams or mullahs. I'm not sure what the org structure is uh, with, in, in that world, right? But right, they, yeah. they go in and they say, we need, like if these heathens, right, um, are able to get this kind of performance, obviously with the one true God, if they're getting a 0.92% correlation, we should be able to get a 9% correlation. And so now they kick off their own equivalent processes, which are all based in, in Islam. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, here in the U S folks like Creflo dollar, uh, <laughs> Billy Graham are all looking at this. And they've got to react as well. 
right? And so now they're all competing with each other, trying to show you can do like these prayer circles, praying for the software. Right? But you praying see how health. that's taking religion from a B to C business and turning it into a B to B business. B to B. Oh, I never thought about that. Right. Yeah. And you know yeah. what? Here's the upside. I think for mankind, maybe we actually start getting better software. But I think that software will be more expensive because we've now got this additional layer of mouths to feed in the org structure that weren't there before. But, oh, but I think the way you're, if you're shipping on time. Yeah, it's a fixed cost, Vijay, because like you, I think I, I would agree with you. I think this should actually be either an outside entity or just like a separate vertical. So I guess it would be like a constant tax. Um, just like you have a, an org of lawyers in a big company, you would have the, the pundits, right? Um, and you don't yeah. need a ton of them. I'm not saying like this is every major project just needs, you know, a couple of hours of this person's time. Yeah. Um, and you know what? This could lead to greater religious understanding, right? Like you might be a, a devout uh, Christian, but you, you work at a company that has Hindu pundits. You could be a, a Muslim and you work for a company with a Christian clergyman doing the equivalent things. I'm not sure how this translates to other religions, by the way, and I, I would struggle with this. I, I hope they're flexible enough to adapt their rituals to software. I, um, I'm not really fully convinced that um, the existing Hindu uh, clergymen or the religious folks can actually uh, do, make the change which is why in the article I'm, I'm kind of recommending that this is a higher and developed from within type situation. So you, you take some of the, the software old heads that with a, with a little yeah. bit of a spiritual bent and then you, you turn them into full God men for, for a, um, maybe take, take a half year and, and do this. I, I do think you, I do think you touched on something um, when you spoke about look, these people from different backgrounds or kind of joining in, right? And I think I'm less optimistic than you. I think what happens is you end up with these kind of different company cultures, right? Yeah. So you can imagine like a, a more a kind of more liberal one, like a kind of interfaith vibe, right? You know? Mm, um, yeah. Right? I think and they so would those, be interfaith. I think right, they so, would have, yeah. So I think those guys would be cool with it. But then other folks cool. would be like, right, they, they can't. There's no way. Right? Like, I can't go do these things without, you know, um, without uh, getting in trouble with my own God. So therefore, those <laughs> folks end up, right, they, so that's why you end up with these kind of segregation. Like, now companies, you can almost imagine them having, like, their, like their religious icon iconography on their website. Right, to show you know that they are um, uh, Hindu compliant, they're yeah, Hindu, yeah, ISO, I could see that. Hindu ISO 101, you know, mm -hmm. um, right, this or uh, yes. right, or uh, you know, uh, Orthodox Judaism compliant, you know. Um, to your earlier point, based on the, the religion and whichever one. Uh, works in the market and has a high correlation to success, they're going to take over VJ. So if Hindu doesn't, uh, if Hindu doesn't capture the market share for these uh, yeah. companies, maybe well, it's going to be, maybe it's Islam, maybe it's um, Christianity. We don't know. Yeah. Judaism I, I, could, 
could have a resurgence. Yeah. Well, I think as the- consumers, though, I think we end up net better off because they're like it, now the pressure's on them. Like it's like if this product does badly, it looks bad on our religion, right? Yeah. So we've really got to try our hardest. Like we've got to do all the non-religious things to make sure this pans out, right? So it becomes this marketplace, and actually, maybe what happens is there's this kind of virtuous cycle between adherence to religion and the success of the products affiliated with that religion uh, in the yes. marketplace. So, so the better those products are, the more people convert over to that religion. And can you imagine being on a product team? Like what, what I could see happening is a lot of the people with, with lower uh, faith levels today. And let's, let's be honest, Vijay, most of the world is, is at, a, at a low point when it comes to faith. Um, you're working at a company that is not of your birth faith. So I'm somewhat Hindu in a way, but I'm working at a, let's say I'm working at a Jewish company, right? Mm-hmm. I find this mir- I work on a miracle project and Yahweh is Yahweh, the Jewish God. Am I getting that right? Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yahweh is revealed to me because I had no hope in hell that this project was going to succeed. I'm the TPM uh, and the project lead. And somehow with, with our faith in this, this, uh, God, the entire company delivers my job is saved. I'm, I'm hailed a hero. I'm converting to Judaism, BJ. I, I deserve to be Jewish at that point. I, I, I could see why. I could see it breaking another way. <laughs> right? Um, I, I could see it breaking another way. And that is... Am I disqualified from even being a project leader because I didn't start <laughs> off to it? <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't even get this job. I don't even get uh, the job. <laughs> um... Oh, and uh, yeah, maybe kind of like the project pundits of a particular faith are much more sought after than the other ones, right? But uh, imagine being on the project but not being of that faith, right? And you you work your butt off to like kind of get this thing done on time and it actually goes out on time. And then everybody is like thanking the project pundit for, for nailing this thing. And you're yeah. kind of resentful. You're like, it wasn't him. It was me, you know, it was my idea to do feature X and my idea to not do feature Y. And I was the one who worked a couple of extra weekends to get this one killer feature and which I knew was going to be amazing. And we're all thanking this other guy. When you externalize the blame, you also externalize a lot of the the reward. So I think the, the, the project funded, they, they offer an important way of, delaying projects as well i think that's the rational way right of saying like like your, your approach is is rational right like if you if you're externalizing the blame then you're externalizing the reward as well but yeah, if you look at yeah. ceos and earnings announcements right they internalize all the upside of how great they are when the market was doing great anyway and yeah. it's external factors that cause them to to lose market share always. But that's a, that's a new phenomenon, Vijay. I, in previous times, in the olden days, every, yeah. there was a lot more external factors at play and we acknowledge those external factors, right? Oh. Um, things didn't get done. It wasn't, you know, one specific failing, but the will of the gods. And I, I think if we go back to that, 
um, it it is a profound return to faith type situation. Ah, okay. So, like in the olden days, imagine right. Um, there's an you know there's an agricultural community, right? And uh, you know they go out, they plant their seeds, yeah. and the chief fertilizer um, is just not getting it done. Right? He's just slacking off instead of fertilizing every week. He's barely doing it every other week. The crops fail. Does everybody blame the gods or do they blame the chief fertilizer? I think people will be a little peeved with that fertilizer, dude, but I think they would just redouble their efforts to pray to the the harvest god next time. Ah. And then probably still replace this fertilizer, dude, because he said he would do something and not doing it, but... um, I still think they would they would uh, they would ask the gods for help. They'd ask the gods for help. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think so too. So do you think less people were fired in the past for for poor performance, like when it was review time? Hundred and ten percent, VJ. This whole like, hey, we're gonna fire people, we're gonna lay people off, we're gonna hire only when we uh, we're gonna over hire. Oh, this this whole system didn't really exist. Um, people worked at companies for life. It's just a, there weren't even companies, right, for a long period of human history. People Almost just were doing history. things. Yeah. yeah. Most yeah. of history, no companies. Yeah. And we managed just fine. Our output levels were lower. That is true. Um, but it's hard to... It, and you know the corporation is a uh, is a technology that we developed, mm-hmm. and you know maybe it's time to you know inject a little spirituality back into the corporation. You know what I mean? So, so Kieran, here's a here's a kind of closing ish question for you. Okay. So, imagine after we're done here today with our podcast, you get up on Indeed.com. And you create a job description for Project Pandit. I love it. Principal yeah. Project Pandit. Of course. And you you kind of lay out the job description, like the needs. Do you think we'd actually get applicants? Oh, yeah. Do you think we would? I'm actually very curious. I bet you indeed lets you post a job for free. And I bet we would get applicants within a week. Actually, <laughs> scratch that. I bet we get an applicant within three days. There are, unfortunately, in our industry, there were many layoffs, many jaded people over the last few months. I, w- I think they'd be chomping at the bit for a project funded role. And I know, and I have, um, I was, and don't ask why, but I, I learned a lot of astrology for just like kicks, you know, a few years ago. And then I brushed up on it, you know, for this article. And a lot of those, like one of the pundits I was uh, citing as a resource works at Qualcomm, BJ. So I think think, uh, we have a fair number of the spiritually inclined already in some major companies and they they might be freshly laid off and might be looking for a little bit of a role change. This would be quite the role change. It's quite the role change indeed. It'd be great to interview these people. 
I wonder if we can get someone on. I, I think that's uh, that's a great ask to the community. So yeah, if yeah yeah, if if, any if of you know someone who would be great for the project funded, uh, please connect us at onewearedthought at gmail.com. Uh, and also for any other thoughts, comments, suggestions, please email us and uh, comment on us and or comment on the Substack. Yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. And uh, man, Vijay, as always, fun to discuss, to dissect the topic. This was uh, super weird, Karen. Uh, super, super so weird. weird. <laughs> <laughs> we are going where we haven't gone before. And yes. uh, it's kind of exciting. Yes, deep into the spiritual project realm. Wow. All right, till next time. Yep. See ya. Bye.